My name is Itlali Perez, and I'm the Community Engagement Editor at 14 East. Lessons on Convivencia is a story I wrote to perform for the 14 East live show last May. The show's theme of memory brought up for me the stories my parents recount of their lives in Mexico before migrating to Chicago to start a life and grow their family. Growing up in a mixed-status family and having immigrant parents who'd rely on long-distance calls to family in Mexico, but also on the stories my parents tell about their experiences. Lessons on Convivencia focuses on my mom's story growing up in Mexico. I begin the story with my mom's first-hand account of witnessing a disaster when she was young. Although she describes having a tough childhood, she also describes moments of being in community. Here are my mom's lessons on Convivencia. Lessons on Convivencia Fumeri by Celali Perez. The meaning of memories for a mixed status family. Guadalajara gas leak explosions of 1992. On April 22, 1992, my mom was living in her hometown, Guadalajara, Jalisco, when she experienced the streets explode. She was around 12. She began working straight out of middle school. She babysat and cleaned houses. My mom was responsible for checking up on her boss's house once a week while she was on Easter vacation. She had to water the plants and feed the fish. One of those days, her cousin, Supi, agreed to come with her. On the day of, while they were waiting for the bus early in the morning, Supi changed her mind. Sabes que, wey? No tengo ganas de ir. She said, explaining she just didn't feel like going, but didn't know why. Thinking back on that now, my mom believes Supi had a premonition of what would happen later. However, my mom convinced her, and so they went on their way. My mom would usually play the radio while she worked. There was a station that would play music without interruptions around that hour of the day. They got to the house and decided my mom would work downstairs while Supi cleaned upstairs so they could finish early. They had just gotten started when they realized the radio was playing news instead of music. They turned their attention from their work and reacted at the same time. Supi exclaimed from the top of the stairs. They were saying that in certain sectors of the city, there were explosions erupting from the ground and making their way through the city. They listened attentively when suddenly the phone rings and it was her boss. Ya escuchaste lo que están diciendo? She tells her to leave immediately, regardless of how much she had done, to simply turn off the light switch, lock everything, and leave. Nos fuimos la supi yo en chinga. They left right away. She recalls making it to the street. There was chaos all around. People warned not to go to certain directions, saying that's where the explosions were coming from. Others advised not to drink water, assuming it wasn't contaminated because of the explosions. The buses weren't running, and there weren't any taxes stopping. The electricity had gone out in many sectors, so they had no way of calling their family to let them know they were okay. They walked for a while and eventually found safety at an aunt's house. A week after, my mom visited her boss's house with her mom and got a better look at what was left of many sector streets. In Guadalajara, Mexico, anger is now replacing grief in the wake of yesterday's devastating series of explosions of gas in the city's sewer system. Hundreds are dead and thousands are homeless. The anger is over why the government, which reportedly knew of the gas leak, did nothing. 
Mexican President Carlos Salinas de Gortari visited the area today to comfort the injured and inspect the damage. He says criminal charges will be filed if the official report indicates wrongdoing. But there is still hope that some may be alive. Vince Patton reports. I learned this about my mom this year, not very long ago, while riding next to her. I looked up and read more about it immediately afterward. This made global news when it happened. Bemex, a state-owned petroleum, gas, and oil company, and Monopoly, was blamed for the explosion. However, government negligence at different levels was also at fault, according to the Attorney General's investigation. As a result of poor infrastructural oversight, there had been a leak into the sewage system, which essentially led to the explosions. My mom recalls residents had complained about strong gas odor days before the explosions. This wasn't Bemex's first incident or lawsuit. Its first explosion was of a liquid petroleum gas tank farm in 1984, just outside of Mexico City. Its most recent one was July 2021 on the Gulf of Mexico, it took at least five hours to extinguish. I was surprised to learn about the story, and even more so that I hadn't heard it before. My mom says she often recalls this moment. The whole front of houses and buildings had been destroyed, and cars were flipped over, some buried under layers of rubble. Days after the incident, volunteers gathered to dig bodies out of the ground. It's likely she had told the story before, probably on a car ride with the family, and I just hadn't been paying attention. Memories of Convivencia. I grew up hearing my parents talk about their lives before settling down in Chicago. My mom has a very blunt way of speaking. She and my grandma did not shy away from using curse words at home. My mom, Sylvia, and her two other sisters, Alicia and Luisa, couldn't afford to continue their education, so they began to work at an early age. They would move around differently family members' houses. She never had a physical place to go home. My mom didn't have the easiest childhood, but the memories she shares with us can best be described in one word, convivencia. In English, it translates to the word coexistence, but in Spanish, it has a different connotation, something more like community. Even though my mom didn't have a physical place to call her home, her childhood was filled with memories of convivencia. As a child, she would go to the ocean with her family every year. They planned a week-long stay at a small beach in the state of Colima with her extended family and people from the community. The large group and their supplies would fill up a bus that would take them from Jalisco to Colima. When they got there, they would set up a makeshift tent courtesy of her aunt who made it by sewing scraps of fabrics. The men collected sticks to hold together the tent. My mom says they had the biggest and most colorful tent on the shore. At night, each family would huddle inside the tent while the young bachelors on a trip would sleep outside the tent on the sand. When they needed water to wash the dishes or wash the salt off their bodies, they would ask the nearby houses. My mother remembers getting up each morning on that week-long trip and going to the water. She played with her sister all day, only coming to shore when their mom would call them to eat and then going to the water again. Despite this, 
My mom says she never learned how to swim. My grandmother, Juana, had a lot of pictures from those trips. But one day, my grandpa, who struggled with alcoholism through my mother's childhood, got rid of all the family pictures during one of his alcoholic episodes for no apparent reason. I remember hearing this growing up when I'd ask my mom if she had any pictures of her childhood. To this day, I wonder what she looked like as a kid. Although I recently got to see a picture of my grandmother as a young girl next to my great-grandmother, Lisa, and that was very rewarding. My older sister, Stephanie, got a hold of many never-before-seen family photos when she visited our family in Mexico in 2020 for the first time. She was also the first in our family to visit Mexico since my parents settled in Chicago 20 years ago. My mom came to Chicago at the age of 18 with the intention to save up enough money to buy her a home in Mexico and send money to my older brother. When she got here, she could barely afford to do laundry. Her plans also changed when she started dating my dad, whom she met upon arrival. After they got married and had my older sister, Stephanie, Dave moved back to Mexico in 1999. They had the full intention to stay in Mexico, which is why in 2001, I was born on a rainy July day in a clinic near my dad's ranch in Coroneo, Guanajuato. Now, whenever we meet extended family, I am distinguished from my five sisters as the one who was born in Mexico. They came to Chicago in September 2002 from my siblings and me to the back of the yards, the same neighborhood where they first met and where they already had a family and a sense of convivencia. My parents had a goal of saving up to build a house on my dad's ranch in Mexico. However, two decades later, those dreams haven't been realized. Growing up, we relied on long-distance calls to family in Mexico. This is how I met my maternal and paternal grandmothers before they passed later on. My grandma, Juana, would always ask when they'd come to visit her. My mom would laugh in a response which signaled to me it was only a rhetorical question. Seeing my parents more in long distance after my grandparents passed made their sacrifices even clearer to me. My parents missed their homes very much, but they believed moving here for my siblings and me was worth it. My parents didn't get to accomplish any of their goals they set out when coming to the United States. The hope was always to return to Mexico and build a home there. Although they have lost hope, if there was any, that something will change policy-wise in the U.S. that would grant us permission to be here legally so don't have to choose between staying within our community here and visiting loved ones in Mexico, they are determined to go back one day. In the meantime, even though living in the U.S. as an undocumented immigrant can be very restricting, there is often the sense of not belonging in Chicago. I know Chicago is my home and I have my mom's lessons on convivencia from memory. <laughs>